for me, like dating success isn't necessarily about finding a relationship or finding the one. Mm. It's about enjoying the experience, having fun, meeting people and enjoying your life because dating is so much more than about meeting a partner. Hello, my name's Riley Rose Harper and this is How to Turn 30, the podcast all about tackling the transition from your 20s to your 30s. This is episode eight, Bad Dates with Alita Bryden. Now, dating can be fun. It can be exciting. It can be rewarding as well, but it can also turn into a chore, be emotionally taxing and a little bit disheartening. The transition from dating in your 20s to dating in your 30s looks different. And I'm not talking about the trope of, you know, you can be more carefree and flippant in your 20s and then in your 30s it gets more serious and you have to find someone right now. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that as you near into your 30s and in your 30s, we tend to become a little bit more choosy about who we give our hearts and who we give our bodies to. That's absolutely been my experience anyway. Sometimes I remember or I see someone who I hooked up with or dated in my early 20s and I can feel my stomach just sink thinking, oh my gosh, why did you go there? You know, you can clearly see that they're not a nice guy maybe, but our radar gets better as we get older too. And that's the beauty of turning 30. We might have had our hearts bruised a little in our 20s. We might have kissed a few frogs or even a few toads, but it's part of the process of working out your standards and working out what you want in a partner too. A few years ago, I was in a relationship that probably wasn't too great for me and when it inevitably ended, I eventually thought, okay, I'm going to stop being heartbroken about this and realize that this is a lesson to work out what I'd want in my next relationship or in this case, what I don't want in my next relationship. And when it comes to dating, you can also take that mindset. You can test the waters, I guess. But I totally get it ebbs and flows, doesn't it? You download an app full of unwavering optimism and after a few swipes, maybe some weirdo sending you a picture of their sex swing, true story, straight after you matched, you might just delete it all together. But what if you had a whole community of people to share your experience with? This is how Bad Dates of Melbourne started with Alita Bryden and eventually Bad Dates of Australia. She was sharing her stories and thought, maybe these should be online. Now she has a huge following spending thousands of people across all social platforms. I wanted to speak to Ali about Bad Dates of Melbourne and Bad Dates of Australia today because it's helped so many people feel a little bit more seen in the dating world. And as a dating expert, I really wanted to know what she thinks changes when you're dating in your 20s versus when you're dating in your 30s. Here is Alita Bryden. Ali, welcome. Thank you for having me. How are you going? I'm good. Now, firstly, I know that you've got Bad Dates of Melbourne and and Bad Dates of Australia as well, but you do write a lot about love and dating as well. Can you tell me how you ended up actually gravitating towards these subjects? Uh, You know what, for all of my, the second half of my 20s, I would say I was a little bit of a Tinder addict. I love to date. Um, I love to meet people, I love to socialize and I was really deep, deep, deep in dating culture and then I hit my 30s and I kind of got to this point in my life where I was like, I I do love dating and I I do love men 
but it's kind of time to focus on me a little bit more. So mm. I started writing, I started social media, I started kind of, you know, spending more time on myself, taking care of myself. And I think kind of like having the dating background and, you know, loving to write and all of that kind of thing kind of just created this thing yeah. <laughs> where I kind of became a, a bit of a dating expert. And, you know, um, I run Bad Dates of Melbourne now and I speak to thousands of people across uh, Victoria and Australia about their dating experiences. So, I mean, dating is an absolutely massive part of my life. And so did you feel like, um, you know, you just mentioned with your 30s, do you think that is quite common that we do have a bit of a shift in how we perceive things and maybe when it comes to dating, it does change a little bit from your 20s to your 30s? Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I think for a lot of women, uh, they become a lot more focused on the fact that look, you don't have to settle down, but a lot of people do want to settle down and have kids. So it mm. becomes a higher priority for them dating and finding that person, whereas dating in your 20s can be a little bit more carefree and fun or whatever but I feel like people get a little bit more goal oriented uh, Mm. in their 30s and it kind of changes the game uh, a little bit Uh, on the alternative side um, when you start dating in your 30s you find a lot of your friends have shacked up Mm -hmm. and they're not up for going out on a Saturday night anymore and they're not up for that kind of like dating culture part of life so uh, a lot of people find they do the dating thing on their own in their 30s so I mean dating in your 30s is absolutely terrific Mm. uh, but it is a bit of a different ball game to in your 20s. Totally. And I feel like that's where the pressure comes on as well. And and even for me, mostly throughout my 20s, I actually do regret, I wish I had have had fun with dating like what you're talking about, because a lot of my school friends were in long-term relationships for the whole of our 20s. And if I could go back and say, you know, just enjoy your life, <laughs> like, don't worry about it. I absolutely would because, you know, it's just this sort of unnecessary pressure because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Well, that's the thing. I feel like people put a lot of pressure on themselves when they date and they kind of feel like they're working towards finding like the one. Yeah. And, you know, when a relationship doesn't work out, like that's a huge failure because he wasn't the one or she wasn't the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we kind of like are constantly, you know, climbing up these ladders towards these, you know, goal relationships and then falling down because we don't quite uh, get there. And, you know, I did that for a huge part of my 20s and it's kind of caused me to reframe the way I think about dating now for me like dating success isn't necessarily about finding a relationship or finding the one Mm. it's about enjoying the experience having fun meeting people and enjoying your life because dating is so much more than about meeting a partner yeah, because I have actually heard you say that you've made so many friends from tinder, which is so cool yeah, I I have a lot of yeah. uh, Tinder friends. I think I've had more um, male friends off Tinder than I have uh, mm. off, you know, real life. And the thing is, apps like Tinder, they do get a bad reputation in the media. And look, I get why, because there's a lot of bad experiences happening on dating apps, but there's actually a lot of great people on dating apps, normal people on dating apps, and they're wanting to make friends, meet, you know, sometimes hook up find love, whatever. So dating apps can seem a little bit intimidating, but you know, there's heaps of great people on there. 
get on them, give them a go. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, just harking back to what we were sort of talking about before, you know, having fun with dating and sort of embracing. I actually, I don't know about you, but I I actually hate saying single life, but... You know, I always feel like there's a stigma around saying like, girl, embrace your single life, you know? Yeah, you know what it is? It's kind of like that daggy kind of 90s, not to neg out girl power, but I mean like that girl power, like there's something a bit tragic about it. Yeah, like um, that Bridget Jones kind of era kind of thing. Yeah, like Bridget Jones, granny panties kind of thing. And the thing is like, there really is a single person stigma out there. It's kind of like, if you're single, there's something wrong with you right like what's wrong with you like why haven't you found a partner you know what's going on what's your story and the reality is I mean it's 2020 uh women and men I mean there's so many great reasons for us to be single like we could be working on our careers Mm -hmm. we could be working on ourselves we could just be having fun I mean a relationship shouldn't be the default position for us yeah, absolutely. I know. It's so true. And that's why I think, um, you know, to abolish that stigma a little bit, that will alleviate the pressure that we put on ourselves to find the relationship. Like that's the big goal because sometimes a relationship isn't all it's cracked up to be, like let's face it. And then we can sort of move away from that cycle. But it is a bit of a cycle anyway. I mean, it's funny though, you know, you're sort of like, People ask you, why don't you have a boyfriend or have a girlfriend? And then you get one and they're like, when are you going to get married? And then you get married and then yeah. you're like, when are you going to have a baby? <laughs> like, I know. Where's the time to relax? Where's I know. the time to relax? Let's just chill. <laughs> Talk to me about your community, Bad Dates of Melbourne and Bad Dates of Australia. That, gosh, that must be just such um, a nice way of sort of, yeah, basing that community and having people to talk to and, and stories to read as well. Oh, Bad Dates of Melbourne. Like from my personal perspective, Bad Dates of Melbourne and Bad Dates of Australia has been an absolute joy. Yeah. Uh, not only because I get to speak to so many people and when I speak to them, they're telling me privileged information. Yeah. Uh, it can be quite sensitive and quite uh, you know emotional. So, I mean, for them to speak to me about this stuff is, is, you know, it's generous and it's really touching. But even during COVID, having this massive community and heading it up, I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, so Bad Dates of Melbourne got started up probably about two and a half years ago now. Mm-hmm. I was sitting on my couch chatting to a Tinder match, telling him some bad date stories. And I think the thing is, we all have bad date stories. And he said to me, you know what? Your bad date stories are so funny. You should write a book one day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was, but I replied to him and I said, actually, these stories would be great for social media. They would be really fun on Facebook, like this kind of fun little bite-sized content. So I hung up the phone, um, started up this Facebook page and started posting my own uh, bad date stories and anecdotes. And after a couple of weeks, people started writing in and I thought, oh, shared experience. We've all got bad dates. We're all wanting to share bad dates. And I think the fact that it was Melbourne-based, the fact that it was local made it a real, like, I don't know, it made it juicy. Yeah. Because these stories are happening all around us. Yeah. And, you know, within about three months, I think we had, you know, 20,000 followers or something. And now, I mean, across 
the entire community, you know, Instagrams, Facebooks, whatever, I think we've probably got about 185,000 followers. So it's super popular, but such a joy to run. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, why it's so popular is obviously because it really resonates with people and we can relate to these stories and, you know, might not have exactly happened the way it happened to us, but that's the beauty of it that you read these and you're like, oh shit, I'm not actually that alone in this experience. Yep. Absolutely. The, the, thing is I think if you have been dating during the dating app era Mm. um, you read the stories and you do laugh at them and sometimes you know they're quite touching or you know you you connect with them but there is something in your brain and you go oh I've had a similar experience to that or oh I met a similar person to that Um, for me the stories can seem completely unreal and ridiculous but (laughs) Then again, I've experienced these stories yeah. uh, myself, in, myself on many occasions. So, I mean, the dating scene is just absolutely wild and we get some great content out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so good. Well, Ali, thank you so much for talking to us on love and dating on how to turn 30 because I feel like it's one of the bigger pressures I've experienced, I think, through my 20s, to be honest, um, just, you know, having said, with watching your friends getting married even mm. in our early 20s and it's just like, oh, my God. Um, so I hope it makes, you know, people feel better, a little bit better if they are feeling that pressure because, yeah, they really just shouldn't be that pressure. No. Look, when I turned 30, I'm 35 now. When I turned 30, I was absolutely terrified and then it happened and I thought, this is actually fantastic. A whole new era, a whole new decade always fun to have loved it yeah and a little bit wilder yes absolutely (laughs) thank you so much to alita brighton for chatting to me today on how to turn 30 you can find ali and her work and her community at alitabrighton.com i will put a link to that website in the show notes if you enjoyed this episode please give it a rating or review or take a screenshot of you listening and pop it up on instagram ratings and reviews really help and they are very very exciting to see if you are enjoying the episodes thank you so much for listening please get in touch with me at riley rose harper or how to turn 30 podcast on instagram